welcome. Oh, I need some mashka right here. Okay, we welcome everybody. Libraries, give me some mashka over here with the cups. Everybody fell off over there. Okay. Gamani. This computer? This is the old one still. Did they fix the other one yet? This is the one they fixed it. No, the other one's not ready yet. Right here, there's no much. Which one? This one? Anything white over there? Start a shit over here, it's recording. Where's the blow for it's uh Tezovel? Tezovel, Siastas, Yeshiva, Stevachatimun. Day that the yeshiva was established, day of svadas of abrengen of sidim. Of course, we start the yeshiva with chayim, 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 lach. Discuss Tes Vavel, Chayel, which is Shabbos, and of course, that's not Leval Pashki Savoy. And it's time, of course, to start talking about some dinim relevant to Rosh Hashanah. Jackrabbit is running through the room. Tezvavel, the day that the Temchetzmim was established. Why did the Temchetzmim get established? What was it all about? And the main question why support Temchetzmim? And of course, the situation being today, Tem Chizmim needs your support. So as you hear this year, call in, email in, text in, or just mail in your support, please. And we'll explain why we actually made this official appeal. On Tezvavel, the Rebbe Rashab, who was the fifth Lubavitcher Rebbe, was very, very, very upset prior to this. And the Rebbe said, actually, for ten years, he was deeply concerned and pained with the spiritual level of the Chassidim. There was no fire, there was no excitement in doing mitzvahs. Their actions were becoming dry and frozen. Everything was done without feeling an emotion. Now it's interesting to note what were the Chassidim learning. What all of a sudden? Chassidim had my mother from all the Rabbeim. 
What were the Chassidim not learning at the Rebbe Rashab so severely saw to it that he had to imply, that he had to insert in their daily lives in Chinuch? Rebbe Rashab said he took a tour in the summer of Tafresh Nunvav, 1896. And in this journey, he went to Mezhibuz, to the Bashemtev, to the Magid in Anapol, to the Altareb in Hadich, Mitlareb in Ajin. Then returned to Lubavitch, Samach Tzedek, the Reb Marash. And the Rebbe Rashab said, I received the blessing of all the Rabbim. And I'm going to now embark on something that never has been done before. A school where young Hasidic men will develop a new refined character and devote themselves to Hasidus. I understood, of course, with the Askam of the Rabbeim, that Yeshiva would be a great success, as the Rebbe Rashab. And the next year, on Tezvavel, the wedding meal of the Friedrich Rebbe, the Rebbe Rashab made an announcement. He said, on Wednesday, Chayel, I'm going to publicly announce a message that the Holy Rabbeim instructed me to tell you. And it was especially important and pertinent to all the Chassidim. And the entire Jewish nation will benefit. And you understand, of course, that everybody was plotting curiosity. What was this major announcement? Chayel arrived, the Rashab called together the heads of the city and the Rabbanim of the city, and he discussed there was about 50 people in the group. And he let them know he's going to establish the traditional yeshiva. Excuse me, there was a traditional yeshiva already in place. He said, that would not be sufficient. Therefore, he's going to establish something that's going to be above and beyond. And Hasidus is going to be studied just like Nigla. The secrets of Taylor will be studied just like the revealed laws of the Taylor. On Tuesday, Shivasab El, 17th of El, the Rebbe Rashab chose 18 young fellows, young men, and these were his first students. And he appointed Shmulgrenim Esterman as being their Mashpia. The Rebbe Rashab did not want anybody coming in with money here. The Rebbe Rashab didn't want people putting down money and starting to give dais and give their, their, their input. None of their business. The Rashab said just that. I am going to support the yeshiva myself. And on Wednesday, Chayel, during Shev Brachas, the Rebbe Rayatz, the Rebbe Rashab announced great simcha. Today, Chayel, the day of the birth date of the Balshem HaKadosh and the Alter Rebbe, which we're going to discuss later, I am founding Yeshiva with the Brachas of all the Rabbeim. Anyone that's ready to be Mesa Nefesh, Fetera, and Avedas Hashem, in the light of Chassidus, that's ready to give over their lives for it, can join. How did he get in there? I don't know how that works.
No, he must have called in and he got onto the line also here. <laughs> you saw it happening? All of a sudden he was there. I don't know how it does. Okay. Because if the other guy calls in, anyone else calls in, they're part of the group, they should also be able to get in, in other words. Khaira. We'll find out. Huh? Uh, you can talk to people through the headphones. Don't talk, because the mic I need, because the mic is, is, is producing. Hello? It was 199 years since the Baal Shem Tov was born. And the Rebbe Rashab said that I'm going to now start <coughs> to fulfill the guarantee that, that the Baal Shem Tov made to Mashiach, which is at that point when his terror will be spread to every point in every corner of the world, Mashiach will come. After Sukkis, the Tamid went to Jembin and they studied with Bishmogrenim. And the next Chayel, they were brought back to be tested by the Rebbe Rashab. And the Rebbe Rashab was extremely, extremely happy with the results. The Rebbe wrote, even, My pen cannot express the excitement that I'm having. There's no words. month later Simchas Teira Akafas went very late by the fourth by, by four o'clock in the morning already they were holding the last Akafa and the Rebbe said no the yeshiva has to have a name so the Rebbe said we're saying now in Akafas Temeich Temimim Haishia no Supporters of the ones that are sincere, please deliver us. Supporter, not supporters. Supporters, yeah. And therefore, what better name can we give than Teimchet And at this point, said the Rebbe, I'm telling everybody that Teimchet now, and anyone that's going to help the Yeshiva will have Hatzlicha now. This is a bracha that Rebbe Rashab gave, and it's a bracha to everyone today as well, because divrei tzadikim chayom vechayomim laad, and therefore anyone that helps yeshiva steimchet mimim, the Rebbe Rashab gives a bracha that hatzlichano, you will be successful. <coughs> it's not easy to help a yeshiva. It's not easy to part with tzedakah. It's not easy to give maiser, although this week's parsha very, very importantly discusses the mitzvah maiser. We have to understand whatever money we earn is on loan. It's not something that we have a right to. God gives money to those who have money because He wants them to be His messengers. The messengers to distribute and to give it to the poor. God does not leave a world half destitute and half wealthy. If God has somebody that's destitute, then obviously somebody who's making more money, better money, has to see to it that they fill in that void. It's their obligation to keep the world, the circle, going. And for all those that are able to overcome their Yitzhahara, and they're able to bring up, to pull out of their money, pull out money from their wallets, the Shimshin Stock would say, when you collect money for Simcha Shabbos Yom Tov, take out your wallet, open the zipper, in those days the wallets had zippers, <laughs> Take out a dollar, 
and give me the rest. Very profound statement. But everybody knew it. They would sing along better than they sang with Charlie. Bombed them, bombed them. And so Tem Chetzimim is established. If anyone's listening to the, not if anyone, when everyone's listening to the recording, 841 Ocean Parkway, Brooklyn, New York, 11230. Send it to the attention of the Tuba of Appeal, Tuba Tezvav El Appeal. Or, if you want to help out according to Shulchan Arach, Shulchan Arach is a very interesting halacha, which we don't, Shmili, which we don't keep for a very interesting reason. There's a halacha in Shulchan Arach that Arab Rosh Hashanah, people should give food to poor Talmidei Chachamim. Talmidei Chachamim, learned people. To help those people out, they should support, they should have what to eat for Yom Tov. And Yom Tov should be happy. <laughs> the Rebbe doesn't hold from it. Why? The Rebbe says, we know Yeshua Sashem Keherifayim. God's Savior comes to the blink of an eye. God could save us the blink of an eye until the very last second before Yom Tov person has to have faith that God is going to support him and he won't be a poor person by that point by giving him food you're passing a decree that he's a poor person so therefore although the thought is very, very lofty. There are still those that don't go against the Rebbe's words, but still find that in their heart to share their, their wealth with the less fortunate. This shop is Chayel. Chayel, the big birthday party. Two great people were born in Chayel. The Baal Shem Tov and the Alter Rebbe. Huh? I'm to the fresco this week. Cold, cold. That's for Tesla Vell, it should be about Slocha and that. My words should reach out to many, many people. And um, there should be no poverty amongst Kali Israel. Nobody should be poor, nobody should need. Then Godel went into the Kedush Kedoshim. Thank you, Anyam Kippur. And one of his things that he prayed for is that Jews should not have to come on one to the other. Nobody should have to come on to anybody else. We should have, we should all have Barachava. And this should be talking of the new year. We should be, it should be written and inscribed in a book. Panosa, Chalkola, Naches. We should be vessels for that. One of the vessels that ever spoke, Tavshin Mem is by finding it in our hearts to forgive each and every person. And sometimes, it's very difficult. Sometimes we feel that people have slighted us or done something wrong to us to such an extent, just can't find it in my heart. Give me another picture. But we want God to forgive us. We want to go into Rosh Hashanah, to the new year, thank you, being inscribed 
book of life, the book of happiness, Simchas. So obviously, we can't request it from God if we ourselves can't find it in our own hearts. So Rosh Hashanah, preparations to Rosh Hashanah, is a time for forgiveness, to learn how to forgive, to forget. God should give us Kayach to be able to overcome these obstacles. day of the month of El. What is so significant besides being a birthday? And what's in a birthday? Again, Shekhan Aruch tells us, because just like God looked in the Torah to create the world, it's important we look to Terah for everything to figure out what is it that's so significant about these days. Chayel marks 12 days to Rosh Hashanah. Shekhanarach tells us that Erev Rosh Hashanah Mincha a person has to daven with the most kavana he's ever davened. What is so significant Erev Rosh Hashanah's Mincha? It is the last Mincha of the year. It's the last time we daven Mincha of that year. Tav in Aleph, Erev Rosh Hashanah, we're going to daven Mincha. The next time, next filler we daven will be Tav Shana in Beis. So therefore that Mincha is the last filler of that year. Chayel marks 12 days to the end of the year. What is the concept of tshuva? Tshuva is twofold. Tshuva consists of charata ovar. Firstly, a person has to regret what they did. And not because someone makes them regret it, because they, within their own heart, regrets what they did and feels bad they did it. And then they have to make achlata alabar, they have to make a decision, they have to make a a resolution for the future how they're going to act differently, behave differently and this is the components of tshuva I can't talk to them these are the components that compose, compose tshuva How does one do tshuva? One therefore has to do some soul searching. How can I have regret for what I did if I don't know what I did? Definitely know what you did. Ah, so technically we know what we did. The question is, when did I do it? I have a, a few different instances that I had with people they have very short term memory when it comes to their flaws and if they'll do something wrong or they'll make a mistake within an hour they forget they did it and they move on in life and they expect everyone else that they hurt and they whatever to do the same many people have that problem one of the most profound services of the Chassidim is Cheshman HaNefesh to do soul searching what do you say? to do soul searching to sit down and to think through how I did my hour how I did my day what did I do today what could I have improved on what I did today and what was actually 
done right. Now we spoke about this many times, about the Cheshmer and Nefesh that we had. How we used to give a Cheshmer and Nefesh, we used to make a Cheshmer and Nefesh every Thursday night. We sat down and we went over our entire week, what happened to us this week. Chayel is a day that we start to reflect on the month each day a month of the year each day of the 12 days from Chayel till Rosh Hashanah we sit down and we have to reflect on what we did one month the past year one of the 12 days is con- so coincides with each one of the year day of the year Chayel would be the month of Tishrei of Tav Shanayin Aleph Yutes El would be the month of Cheshvin Chafel is the month of Kislev. Chaf Alefel is Tevis. Chaf Bezel is Shvat. Chaf Gimel El is a very, very hard day this year. Why is Chaf Gimel El so hard this year? Because Chaf Gimel El is for two others. It was a leap year, Tav Alf. We had two months other. So I'm Chaf Gimel El. That's the right there, On Chav Gimel Elul, we have to sit down and reflect on what happened both months of other. Not a simple task at all. Chayel, as we go back to what we said before. Besides being days that we start, she wants to go back on? Huh? Who was it? The days that we, besides the days that we reflect for the 12 months of the year, as we spoke before, is also the birth date of the two great luminaries, the Balshemtev. And the Alter Rebbe. Let us begin to discuss a little bit the birth of the Bashem Hakadosh. The Bashem's parents were very wealthy people, but they didn't live that style. Rabbi Eliezer and his wife Sarah were very wealthy. They lived in a town called Okop in England, in Poland. A cop in Poland, Eliezer and his wife lived a modest life in their own, but they were very, very medayik, very meduyik, very um, scrupulous in the midst of of welcoming guests in their house. To many years of this amazing, amazing where everybody was welcome it was a Shabbos afternoon with a full house guests and there was a knock at the door immediately Rebbe ran to the door not to leave his guest waiting an extra minute and there stood a beggar, a pauper with his bags under his arm smelling, disgusting, obviously desecrating the Shabbos. And Rabbi Yezza, with open arms, welcomed in the guest. Please come in, have a seat. And Rabbi Yezza immediately began to serve him. Did you make Kiddush yet? Did you have that? He says, no, I haven't eaten, I haven't eaten in days. So, Nebuch, Oyrach, one of the sun, he sat him down and he started to serve him hand and feet. The guests sitting around were very, very baffled about Eliezer's behavior. The man is an open Mechal Shabbos. He openly desecrates the Shabbos. And the man is such a, 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 a nothing and a filthy person everything. Why are you de- treating him like this? Rabbi Eliezer was very hurt. He was so hurt. 
that he ran into another room to just burst out crying. He couldn't take it. The hurt was so bad. Finally, he realized that if he stays in the room crying, they're going to let it out on the guest. So he ran back out and he ran to tend to his guest. And he took care of the guest and the guest finally was tired and the guest threw up all over the place and the guest was making it a very, very uncomfortable situation for him and the rest of the guests. But Eliezer didn't blink an eye went back and forth and did whatever he could for the person. After Shabbos, Rabbi Reza had another unique twist that he added to his hospitality. Nobody was asked to leave Matzah Shabbos. Everybody was asked to stay till Sunday. And of course there was Malava Malka, etc., and then finally, who was it? Finally, he walked, he gave the guests a gift of money, he gave the guests, the guests um, some food for the road. And he accompanied his guests as far as he could walk them. And this he did for this guest as well. And he started to walk him, and as he walked him, he told him, you passed the test. You didn't just pass the test, you passed it with flying colors. I, he says, am Eliyahu Anavi. And as Eliyahu Anavi, I'm blessing you that you will have a son exactly a year from now. What more can he ask for? What a blessing. Something they've been waiting for, they were getting older already. And so... Eliezer returned home. A short while later, great happiness, Sarah gave birth to a boy. Obviously, being a very special neshama, let us explain what that means. Just like people find that you have different people that have different types of brains. Everybody has a brain. The brain is made of the same thing. But there are people that are sharper, smarter, wittier. Some are slower in a book, some are whatever. Some are still waiting to understand what I just said. In about 15 minutes you'll hear Nafala Simon and they'll start laughing. So too the neshamas. We don't measure neshamas. But neshamas come from different sources. Okay. The neshamas that come from the highest, highest source. The Bashem have had such neshamas. We don't have measure. Of course not. We don't have a measurement for but they are coming. If they're good neshamas, you can No, it's not good. It's not a matter of good or not. It's a matter of the loftiness. They have X amount of Kedusha in them. And the Bashemta was one, one such neshama, and the Altarebbe was another. The Altarebbe actually was a new neshama, a neshama that had not come down to this world yet. The Bashemta, though, began to enjoy his life as a Talmud Chokhem very quietly. He was a tzaddik, but he kept to himself. There was another Yid, another person, another tzaddik in the generation, who was known as Reb Adam Balshem. Reb Adam Balshem once sent a letter to Reb Yisrael Balshem and in the letter he wrote 
the secret of his of his neshama. Of Yisrael Bashem to the neshama. The letter spoke and wrote as follows. There's a known thing Bashemtiv learned his data from Achia Shilani. Achia Shilani was a Navi in the time of the first base of English. Achia Shilani was also the Rebbe of Rebadam Hashem. And so Rebadam said, I heard these words in the year Shin Lam and Gimel, 1573. And this is the story he told me. In the holy city of Tzvat, may it be rebuilt properly the way it should be, and His Holiness restored. In the holy city of Tzvat, he lived a very simple Jew. And the simple Jew was sitting one night, as simple as he may be, simpleness in his study of Torah, but not in his actions. He was sitting and doing Tikkun Chatzais. Tikkun Chatzais is a prayer of lament that is done for the Holy Beis Hamikdash, for the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash. Chassidim brought down that in order to do Tikkun Chatzais properly, a person has to cry a half a bucket of tears. And this simple man was doing Tikkun Chatzais, and there was a knock on his door. And like anybody else, he was shocked in the middle of the night, he says, uh, who's there? And the answer was, Eliyahu Hanavi. And he opened the door, and as soon as Eliyahu Hanavi entered, the room lit up. Eliyahu Hanavi told him, I came to tell you when Mashiach is going to come. And I also came to teach you all the secrets of Torah. Very. The man obviously was interested to hear this. But I need a favor from you. I need you to tell me what special deed you did on the day of your bar mitzvah? I'll tell you the story next week. <laughs> no, I'm telling the story by bar mitzvah next week. Oh. What special deed you did on the day of your bar mitzvah? Mm-hmm. And the Jews said to him, "I like your offer. I'd love to know when Mashiach's coming. I'd love to know all the secrets of Tera." But what I did, I did for the Kiddush Hashem. I didn't do it for you. I didn't do it for anyone else. I'm not telling anybody. If the Holy Master and Teacher, Eliyahu, does not want to teach me, Sheyeh, let it be. I'm not going to tell you what I did on the day of Mebimitzah. I didn't do it to go exp- to tell everybody about it. As soon as he finished the sentence and showed with adamance that he's not going to speak, Eliyahu disappeared. Faster than he showed up. At that point in heaven, place turned over. What was that all about? And it was decreed by the heavenly courts, the Yohanavi has to return to earth and teach him anyway. Even without revealing. 
because this man was special and really, really meant to do it lishma. And the Aliyah Navi went down constantly and taught this man all the secrets of Teda. He became very, very holy and very special and very, very knowledgeable. He became a pure tzaddik, but he had kept it all to himself. At a ripe old age, the day came, the man passed away, and the Shama came in the world to come, and they said, whoa, what a special Shama, it came to Ganeden, the same chamber as the Holy Forefathers. And the angels came along and they said, no, this is not high enough. He needs to go higher because this is what all he did, the reward and recognition for his devotion to God. But then there was a problem. He was a, became a very lofty soul. He became a very holy person. But what did he do with it? Nothing. And therefore it was decreed that this Neshama gets returned to the world, gets sent down once again, to ju- rectify all that it had not done as such a special, special man. That says the Radha Bashem to the Bashem is your Nishama. So utilize it. Utilize it where you need to. The parents of the Altarebbe in turn also very, very special people. They also traveled for a bracha. which they were given a bracha from Bashem to that on his birthday the next year Chayel they would have a son the young couple moved to the Ajna and the next El they traveled to Mezhbuz excuse me before that okay they moved he finally married Baruch married and everything and he moved to the Ajna and a year later, he moved. He went to Mezhbush to the Bashemtiv, and they asked for a bracha for a son. The Bashemtiv gave them a bracha that a year later they would have a son. And obviously, when they found out she was pregnant, Rebarach ran to the Bashemtiv to notify him, although they knew he knew already. And again, he gave a bracha and he gave instructions how things should be to bring up and to do out throughout the pregnancy of this child. We, we omitted those certain instructions that the parents of the Bashemtiv were given that they had to tell the Bashemtiv when he was two and a half years old. The father had to tell them different instructions, different ways of serving God. And the reason he was told to tell it at two and a half years old because, according to some opinions, the father passed away before he turned three. Then, according to most opinions, he was lived till five, but. Kids of the Altarebbe, when the Altarebbe was conceived, Hashem became very, very happy in knowing that this new Neshama was coming down into the world. And again, the sequence entirely what happened with the Altarebbe's birth, and how the Altarebbe followed, uh, the Hashem followed up on the birth of the Altarebbe, and followed up on his education to make sure that he was going to continue the, the lineage of what was going on in this world. And this, of course, is only befitting to have on Pashas Kisavai. Savai is the same letters as eight as Avais, as our fathers. And this is the idea of Kisavai Olaretz. A person comes Kisavai. Person comes into this world. He journeys down the Neshama journeys to this world and toils with all that he has to toil with in this world in order to be able to overcome the trials and tribulations that this world has to offer. How much easier is it not to have to eat kosher, not to have to look and search for a kosher store? I'm unfortunately torturing a relative of mine. He's making a suda, and he wants to serve, wants to make sure I'm going to eat this. He's looking for the Babich Shkita, the only Shkita I would eat. He's going off his mind to find it, to so make sure that I'd be able to eat by the thing. So to go start looking for certain kosher and kosher standards, 
and then keeping Shabbos for those people that have to work Nebuchadnezzar Shabbos because they feel they're going to make more money or for those people that work all day, all week, six days a week and the seventh day Shabbos they need some rest they need some recreation, they need some break and they don't find unfortunately they don't find yet the beauty of Shabbos someone said in Maristown it's a long week or a long month or it's, it's Hanukkah time whatever it was and he said oh yeah I need a vacation so the other Bacharim told him we are created in the form of God we have to wait, live the way of God you think God ever takes a vacation somebody around the room got a little chuckle about the profound statement this guy just made God ever take a vacation and how this officially put this guy in his place <laughs> yeah, I turned around and said and if God took a vacation you think you'd know about it <laughs> <coughs> the world is recreated on a constant basis throughout it wasn't created once and left on automatic pilot and we have to realize that that's how the world lives that's how the world exists if God should decide for one second to stop thinking about the world it would return and revert to what it was before creation. But God is capable of stopping to think about the world. On our chronological calendar for thousands, tens of thousands of years and then recreate the world to the next minute of when He stopped it 10,000 years ago. And we would never know better. We never know different. Mid-sentence that God could decide that, we're going to, that He's going to stop the world's creation and restart the world again in the middle of finishing the sentence with no problem. So in essence, When we talk about the greatness of God, very scary. I don't know what I was saying. Hmm? Before that, why did I say that? This is therefore Kisave Alaritz. We know Pash Kisave as Pash Kesai has the Teichacha in it, which are Hepach the Brachas, opposite of Brachas. And they get very severe. They sound at least very severe. There's a famous story of the Mitle Rebbe was a little boy before the Bar Mitzvah. And the, the Alter Rebbe was the, his father was the Balkarian Shul. And there was one, this Pashat Kisavay, the Alter Rebbe was not in town. Somebody else lained. They lained Kisavay. And the Mitle Rebbe listening to all the curses from the Pasha got fell sick. He fell ill. He fell so ill, this is now, this is this time of year, Chayel time. He fell so ill that Yom Kippur, they didn't know if he'd be able to fast. He still hadn't recuperated. Ultimately, when he recuperated, they asked him, he said, listen, you're not a baby. It's not the first time you heard this parasha. Ah, he says, but all the years I heard it, I heard it from my father. When my father reads it, there's no clothes, there's no curses, it's all blessings. This person, unfortunately, didn't know how to do that. And the most famous example 
of that is we'll take one pasuk in the middle of the Teichecha, which reads, Shercha tevuach leinecha, your axe will be slaughtered before your eyes, for they say, how many will not eat from it. Chamecha gozel mufanecha, your donkey will be stolen before you, for the Yashiv will not be returned to you. Teichecha, as soon as leivecha, your sheep will be given to your enemies, vein lecha meishia, there will be no salvation for you. Must be next door, no? Or upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> How severe such a klala? And obviously, something that would make the Mitla Rebbe faint. But when the Alta Rebbe read it, he read it backwards. What is backwards? Let's read this passage backwards. Moshiach Lecha There will be a salvation to you. Ve'en le'vecha But not to your enemies. Nesunis Senchalach Your sheep will be given to you. Yoshua will be returned Ve'leimel fanecha gozol Never stolen from you. Chamercha your donkey Mimenu will be from you. Seichal, you'll be able to eat, not before your eyes, will your axe be slaughtered. This same Pasuk, that if it's read one way, sounds like such a severe curse, the Al-Tarebbe would read it, it would be here the other way around. <laughs> that comes back to the same story that we told a million times the chazan that got fired from the shul from, because he called the president the ganif. Called the president of the shul a ganif. So the president fired him. So he needed a new chazan. They kept bringing different chazan for trials, but nobody was good enough. Nobody was like their chazan. So they went to the president and said, You have to forgive him. We need him. He's the only good chazan we ever had. He said, Okay, but he has to apologize. So they came to the chazan they told him, You have to apologize. He said, I know the president. No matter what I say, he won't be happy. Let him write my speech. Let him write exactly what he wants me to say. And I'll say it. And the president wrote out the apology speech. And the president, they called together the entire membership of the shul. The shul was packed, almost like Roshani and Kippa. Chazan got up. And he started to read the paper the president wrote. I, Chazan so-and-so, from this and this town, this and this shul, Chazan so-and-so many years, lives on this and this street. I'm now standing in front of the entire membership and I would like everybody to hear and to know the words that I'm going to say about our wonderful president, Mr. So-and-so. <coughs> our president is not a Ghanav? Needless to say, he got a good laugh from everybody. The president jumped up and started screaming. That's not what it says there. He says, I read exactly what you said wrote. You can't tell me I deviated. I wrote Yeah, but you sang it wrong, he says. He says, excuse me, Mr. President. You're the president, you do the speaking. I'm the chazan, I'll tell you how to sing. Don't tell me how to sing. Now, the Rebbe read the Teichacha. There was no clothes. It's all brachas. A very interesting bracha here that's brought down before the close. Baruch Atabayir, Baruch Atabasada. Question is, what is it? Baruch everywhere. Why Baruch Atabayir, Baruch Atabasada? What's going on over here? We know the famous brachas that were given where Yitzchak Avinu gave to his two sons, Yaakov and Esav. Esau was known as a Yedish Tzayid, a person of the field. And Yaakov was known as Yeshev Eil, a person of a settled lifestyle, which is a city person. Zaktun's the Teda, Baruch Atabayir, Baruch Atabasada. We're giving you both brachas. The brachas that Yaakov gave, Yitzchak gave to Yaakov, and the brachas that Esau stole, or begged for. You're getting all the brachas across the board. In the beginning of the Pasha, it talks about Bikurim. 
the Bikurim, the first fruits the person got who came off their trees they had to bring to, the, to Yerushalayim and they said Vidui what was the Vidui? he started to say Vasal They said to him, I'm telling you before God, your God, that God came to the land that God blessed us to our forefathers. And that only then, when they came to the land of the land, they were settled in the land, could they say this. Only then do they have to bring Bikurim. And I said, Love and Arami fooled my father. Where? What was he fooled that he ended up in Mitzrayim? <laughs> this is a lesson for Ereva Yaakov came and he wanted to marry Leah. He wanted to marry Rachel. And he was fooled and got married and had to marry Leah. And then he had to work another seven years to marry Rachel. Leah in turn had many children and Rachel had Yosef. And Yosef, Yaakov knew was a special, special neshama. And Yaakov gave Yosef a lot of, lot of love and spoiled him. And it caused a tremendous animosity to the brothers. What happened? They sold Yosef, went down to Mitzrayim, everybody had to follow suit, nobody ended up in Mitzrayim. Why did that all happen? Because Lavan fooled him and made him marry Leah. Had Lavan not fooled him and he would have married Rachel, Rachel would have borne all the children, all the Shvatim, and Yosef would have been the Becher. And the love that he gave to Yosef, everybody would understand, they would respect Yosef because he was the Becher. And nobody would have fought with him and nobody would have sold him and he wouldn't end up in Mitzrayim. So because of Arami Yevidavi, that's why they ended up in Mitzrayim. A few dinim quickly on Ashishana. This year is the first time. Is, is one of the, is the example of sorry it's late it's after ten o'clock. Is the example of the only time we can ever lane from the Torah five days in a row without saying hallow. Without saying what? Hallow. None of the days we say hallow. Today, this year, this year, this year tells us one of the the only way it can happen, and that is Rosh Hashanah. It's Thursday and Friday. So we read Thursday and Friday by Rosh Hashanah. We don't say Hallel Rosh Hashanah. Then it's followed by Shabbos. It's three. Then we have the day after Rosh Hashanah. It's supposed to be some Gedalia. But it's Shabbos. You can't fast. So we push it off to Sunday. And some Gedalia we read again Sunday. And Monday we read every week. So we read five days in a row the Torah without saying Hallel. This year because as every other Yom Tif on it's Thursday and Friday. On Wednesday we must make an Erev Tavshil. Please hang up signs as you hear this announcement. As you're listening to this year, make sure you hang up a sign on your refrigerator in case you don't have any children in preschool anymore. They're not going to be your home sign. Erev Tavshil. Erev Tavshil, they should remember they have to make Erev Tavshil, which allows us to cook on Friday for Shabbos. Because Friday is Yom Tif. So you wouldn't be allowed to cook for Shabbos to for Yom Tif to Shabbos. So, so this year you will be? Only, no, you can cook. If you make the Erev Tavshil on Wednesday, then you're allowed to cook. It's made with a challah and something edible, a fish or chicken, which ultimately is, ate, it, eaten, is eaten by Shalashadis on Shabbos. It's an interesting Erev. You read up the laws, read up in the Siddur, and they'll tell you all about how it's done, instructions. And if you can't read the instructions, you can't find an English Siddur, you obviously call your local rabbi. If a person forgets to make Erev Tavshil, you are in trouble. On other Yom Tevim, it says you can make it on Yom Tev itself. On Rosh Hashanah, you cannot. On Rosh Hashanah, of course, also, we do not smoke. Those people who smoke shouldn't smoke all year. Um, also brought down that the first night of Rosh Hashanah, Adlakas Nedas, candles should be lit before Shkia. 
Lashain Kain, the second night has to be lit after Yom Tif goes in because you have to finish the first day of Yom Tif. Rosh Hashanah is considered a Yema Richter. It's called one long day. It's not, there's no such thing as Yom Tif Shein Ishagolis. There's no such thing as in that cell where they have only one day Yom Tif and most Yom Tif and Chutzlaris have two. Rosh Hashanah is not that, like that. Rosh Hashanah is one long day and Rosh Hashanah is designated for sitting and davening and for saying Tilim and for making sure we don't talk Dvarim Betelim we don't talk stupidities, but we should see to it every spare moment is be devoted to sitting and davening and learning, and God should listen to all our tefillahs, and we should talk and go, kisavei al-aretz, we should come to our land on this Shabbos already, so that by mincha, we'll be netzavim, hayyim, kulchem, we're standing, everybody, before the angels.